isolation station News and stories to the nation Hey guys, this is D&J and you're listening to The Isolation Station. You can find us on socials at The Isolation ST. This week we're joined by Ryan, Joe and JB. So let's start with you, Joe. Um, did you want to just tell us a little bit about how you've been finding living in isolation and how you've been dealing with it? I think I've, I think I've been dealing with it uh, pretty all right. Like the first couple of weeks felt a bit slow. Basically, like the days just sort of fly by a bit more. In terms of what I miss, I just miss Greg's. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just Greg's. And um, I don't know, just seeing people, obviously, when I get out of here. I'm just going to go full on. At the end of the day, any of us could have suffered quite badly from this. It's almost a bit of a wake-up call. Just do what you want to do and don't like hesitate. I think that's really interesting as well because I know I, I spoke to you the other day, Jay. Yeah. And uh, like your, your attitude is very different. I think you'll be quite reluctant to go out and do anything almost when it when it's over. I, I, think, I think it's more what I was getting at. I mean, it depends how long this goes on for. Essentially, your your two choices are you can either make the worst of it or m- make the best of it for yourself. Obviously, there's a lot of people out there that are sort of focusing on the positivity. I think the ultimate truth is you, we don't know when this is going to end. We don't know. Yeah, exactly. It, it is so hard to tell. And, but it, I think it's more about, like, just having a bit of a drive as opposed to, like, just having a bit of clarity or facts or anything. But the interesting thing is that clarity that you talk about, it could be like the end of this. Like, let's say hypothetically, we're in lockdown for six months. Like, it's very hypothetical. But you, you might even be at a stage where I'm quite all right being indoors. I'm quite all right being within myself. I don't need to go down the pub. You don't know. Some people might go mental and get absolutely trashed. We'll see a freshers week unlike ever before. But some others might just be like, actually, I've learned a new way of life. Ryan, I imagine you're are you still out sort of working outside, as it were? No, I'm not, because my situation is very different. Because Vicky, my wife, she is pregnant. Right. Okay. So you guys are indoors for twelve weeks, basically. Yes, but I'm not getting paid. The company I work for, they have classed vulnerable people and extremely vulnerable people. So if you're a vulnerable worker and you're just about, you get to go and be off for twelve weeks, same if you're extremely vulnerable. But because I'm not vulnerable or extremely vulnerable and I live with a vulnerable person, that doesn't mean I get 12 weeks off paid. I have to live with an extremely vulnerable person to get the 12 weeks pay. Really? So that's because my understanding, the government in the government guidelines, they've classed pregnancy as a vulnerable category. Is that right? Yes, but not extremely vulnerable. Extremely vulnerable if you're pregnant and have a heart condition. Oh, I see. Right. Okay. They're following the guidelines that they have to be obviously very careful with their company because this there's probably a lot more people who are out there vulnerable. Um, they can't have all these workers saying, "I need to come off work because I need to care for this vulnerable person." They've limited limited it to the people who have to care for the extremely vulnerable harsh but i you've got to see where a company comes from in that sense but it's made me to really think about well what's more important is is my job or the the health of my family and i I, i've picked and i think most people would is the health of your family would would you say what your company's done is fair from their point of view obviously for your situation not but i suppose in the grand scheme of things what would you have done anything different 
you've got to think of the fairness of if you think of a kind of business side of things. Yes, it is because, like you say, you can't just have everyone going off because of their home life situation. I think most people could easily live with a vulnerable person who have asthma, who has who's pregnant, or it could be any condition. Mm. But so I do understand it from that point of view. But it's hard when like Vicky's bringing in a new life into this world. Yeah. I'm to do any I, I still think if you're just pregnant you should be classed as extremely vulnerable because yeah you, you've even heard the stories of the the nurse that gave birth a nurse died and the child survived yeah I can't mm. have that I don't, I'm not having them putting the risk of either the mum or the child it's um it's a very testing time but I and my everyone who I work with have been really supportive it's just they got to follow the policy of the company that sucks man I'm sorry to hear that and like I say, it's, it gets me down a little bit, but then, like I say, the thing that gets me through is thinking about the family. And have, out of pure interest, have you been looking at any other jobs? Before I was, um, but right now, it's, it's, no, it's, it's no point because there's not really anyone hiring. Um, and I don't really get out there because I want to stay inside as much as possible. Yeah, I, I think that's what I was kind of interested in is because obviously there's going to be a lot of people's jobs affected by this in some certainly in your case, Ryan, that's kind of obviously the extreme end of being affected. Yeah. And it's kind of what's actually out there for people in that position where, as you've just rightfully pointed out, there's a reason you're indoors. You don't particularly want to be going outdoors again. It's whether those there are opportunities there where people can still stay indoors but carry on working. Sadly, in my company, I'd like to even talk to my boss and there's just nothing that I can do at home to work from home and get get the pay basically and I can't furlough because technically my job is still there it's it's not being paid by the government that I've kind of had to lose my job or anything like that so it's I I I just have to take no pay so I'm kind of in the middle where I can't even get furloughed and I can't I can't I don't feel like I can personally work the horrible thing about that is you know a, a lot of the emphasis I think in the news um and when they hold the conferences and everything, it's like, oh, every, everyone's being looked after. Everyone's got this. Everyone's got that. But obviously that situation, there's probably, you know, realistically, there's probably quite a lot of people in that situation right now that we're not hearing about. Yeah. I, I've got also a friend who's in a very similar situation. Luckily, he doesn't actually live with his partner who's pregnant. So he's still working. And uh, But basically, he's barely not seeing her. He's on the odd occasion is leaving the house to basically see her but from over a fence like even more yeah. than two meters away because he doesn't want to risk him it to her but you and so you're basically you're with your pregnant partner and you're actually not even seeing them go through the process or helping them and if we're struggling for money i'm gonna to have to do the same thing with vicky she's gonna be most likely to have to live with her parents who have now gone to work at home, which they can now, which is good. So they won't be going out to getting affected. But I will have to go back to work because we potentially will need the money. So I won't actually be with my pregnant wife. I can't even imagine what that feels like. Not great, but that's when you just got to try and take the positives out of this shit situation. I mean, if it's just in the day, like we've had really good weather recently, and I know it sounds bad, but you you got to take those positives. That it's a lovely day. Go out for a walk when it's quiet. We're lucky where we live, where there's quite a few fields around, so we can walk on the fields, not go past anyone. Um, so that's why we've got to take the positives as we can in the day and hope everyone else is following the guidelines. So we'll go back to normal as soon as we possibly can. I think this is like a uh, 
a very good sort of wake up call for um, just appreciating more. Just I think even just like talking to you guys and just like all the um, the video chats I've been having with friends and that 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 has sort of been like the highlight. They've been like the highlights of um, this lockdown period, and I think it's just that sort of like connection with friends. It's uh, something that like, I appreciate so much more because of this. I've got to this point where I'm I'm so used to like interacting with people through a screen. Yeah, actually seeing someone in person, I have to like imagine it. Like it's, and um, my mum and dad, bless them, like, you know, they've occasionally been dropping shopping to me and stuff like they leave it outside and then I'll collect it and come back in. You know, I've seen them a few times, like at the bottom of the path from where my flats are and they're just like wave at me and stuff. And honestly, it's the hardest thing in the world. Like seeing my mum and my dad, I can't walk over and give them a hug. Yeah, I can't, you know, and I, I can't go over their house. I can't see my brother. Like it's, yeah, it's it's difficult, isn't it? Yeah. But no, Dad, with your situation, I can see how it's so hard because you you've you've always wanted your independency, but you always you, but you've always loved socialising at the same time. Yeah. And I tell you, I'm so excited to live by yourself, have your own control, no one else in your way, and then it's suddenly just gone from one end of the spectrum to the other where you. Like you say, you can't, you're literally not around anyone. Like, no. Even though me and Vicky are stuck in the same house together, yes, we occasionally get in each other's nerves, but I can't imagine not being with her. So I feel very. Honestly, mate, I, feel, I think she, you know, she's really got to give it to Vicky because I can't imagine living with you 24 <laughs> 7. Jesus. Neither can I, mate. I, I know him myself. <laughs> <laughs> I went on your stag do and spent a weekend with you, and that was enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think everyone said that by the end. Right, we got Tilly. If Vicky gets annoyed, she just goes and finds Tilly. T- Tilly Tilly is um, Ryan and Vicky's kitten, for reference, <laughs> who I am I am still willing to adopt if you know if, if you need an extra pair of hands when the baby comes. Like, don't tell my wife there's yeah. an adoption. <laughs> <laughs> He's stalking, trying to find any strays at the moment to drag into our place. He's going to see one one day. Oh. Um, Ryan, going back to your point about when you said you, you see you see your mum and dad through the door or um, at a distance and not being able to give them a hug. Um, every time someone gives me a story like that, and I'm not going back to my stories, but I, I feel for Vicky because currently her body is changing and changing and she can't go and give her mum a hug or the mum can't even give her future grandchild a hug um and you're just thinking how you're not there to see the change and what Vicky's going through which is basically which well if you go back to it it's a miracle how we how we produce babies and and go through that and they can't be there to actually go through the journey with her so yeah it's 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 but you still I feel for the people who are about to get divorced or split up and move out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean that household. Yeah, you've there's been a few um I've read a few stories about people that, you know, have broken up during this situation that live together and stuff. And you know, that that in itself is like you know, 'cause you're meant to be staying in one place, aren't you? I suppose you'd have to make the exception. But I, I know someone who split up with their partner and they've literally must have invested about a grand in basically creating a new living room upstairs so they don't have to see each other. 
Jesus. Wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is just level extreme. 75-inch TV, the works, it's all going <laughs> This is the other side of where we're like, oh, you know, like we can take positives from this. This has brought people together. <laughs> yeah. But the positive, it seems like, about that couple, at least they're, they're dealing with it okay. Yes, they're spending a lot of money, but when you hear about all the domestic abuse that's going on at the moment because the person actually can't actually physically leave the other person... Yeah, that that's and, scary. That's probably the scariest thing about lockdown for me. I think, and how they've yeah. come up with keywords. So, if someone, if one of those people go to a supermarket, they can say a keyword or key name. So basically, yeah, that's it. Working that they're they're in trouble. Please help. Problem with things like that as well is it's like it's all well and good that you can advise that people can do that, but the supermarket worker's got to be aware of that, and also. You know, the person that's going through that abuse has got to have access to information to even know that. So it's the thing is that it's so tricky because there's so many different things. Like su- supermarket workers overnight have, you know, just become such a um, such like a pillar of society, if you will, that every everyone's suddenly public view of supermarket workers has just shot up unbelievably. And now all of a sudden we're talking about giving supermarket workers keywords if you're in trouble, and it's like that is a lot. If you've got people, if you've got to watch, make sure people are socially isolating, sorry, social distancing, I should say, um, yeah. which people aren't. Like, I, My mum was in the supermarket today and probably had a row with about six people because they were just bumping into each other. And was having a go, at, I don't think it was a security guard, I think it was one of the workers just standing outside wearing like a high-vis gear. But if you're like, used to do certain tasks and within a couple of weeks, all of a sudden you're responsible for saving your neighbourhood effectively. It's just yeah, it's a lot of weight to like dump on, you know, supermarket workers. It what it, it, it is, and um, obviously not saying what I do, but just it's something like that. It's something that uh, domestic violence is unfortunately something that happens every day, and there's untold number of people that are affected by that. And, and yeah. at the best of times, with freedom of movement, we did not have the resources nor the surveillance, if you will, to provide support to every one of those victims or every one of those families and it's just now we, we, we're so restricted I'm not and I'm generally not trying to put a negative on it because it's absolutely lovely to see people say on Facebook for example give me a, a code if you're in trouble you know or give me a sign or tell a supermarket worker and it's like that is an astronomical level of responsibility because what if you're you know if you're in a supermarket right now if you're working in a supermarket right now and yeah. came up to you and gave you the code. What what do you do? I don't know. Like I definitely feel flustered. At least. What what, what what would be the first thing you do, Joe? What would what would you think to do? Oh, I don't, like, like I'd probably like pass it on to authorities. Like that. Yeah. You give it with the sort of that worker mindset. You have to sort of like be professional about it, don't you? Oh yeah, you're 100 percent right. Yeah, you pass it. No, I agree with you. You pass it on to the authorities. Uh, the tricky. But the tricky thing here is the resources are so stretched. <laughs> Easter weekend, people having a barbecue down blooming Brighton Beach. Yeah. Um, Which is absolutely disgusting yeah. as well. Like. I think this is what people don't realise with the social distancing and going out. And I get why people want to do it. But it's just, Joe, you're 100% right. That would be the first thing I'd do is pass it on to the relevant authorities or contact an organisation like RISE. And again, I'm not trying to be negative. This is something everyone's going through in some capacity, particularly with what we just heard from Ryan's story in different levels of extremities. But it's such a... All of a sudden, we've all got such a, 
a heavy amount of responsibility all of a sudden because even if your friend Dan for example a friend of you messaged you with those code words and you're like Jesus that's on me and if you call the authorities Joe yeah you, you don't know what the response is yeah exactly you don't know how things will sort of like unfold like if you pass it on to someone else how do they deal with it I, I, I wouldn't want to get that sort of thing wrong no no I, I certainly wouldn't and Passing it on to the authorities, you have to almost be reliant that the authorities have the capacity to do that. But the, yeah, exactly. And this, when I talk about the stretched resources, and this is why it frustrates me, the people who are having the barbecues or aren't practicing social distancing, I get it. I get it's a scary time for everyone. But what they don't realise is that for every two or three police officers that have to attend those scenes and have those conversations with yeah, that is at least, you're at least pulling them away. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, if anyone knows any better but you're pulling them away from potentially another one or two incidents that might actually require their attention. This goes beyond now. This goes beyond someone stumbling into a, um, A&E drunk on a Friday night or um, the police having to come break up a fight on Little Preston Street on a Saturday, yeah. you know, Saturday 2 o'clock in the morning. It goes beyond that now because, you know, everyone gets drunk, everyone gets in a fight, but it's now you've literally been told, you've been given guidelines to stay two metres away to go out for an hour's exercise, yet... Police officers, I think, was it Greater Manchester Police said they had to attend, I loved where they said attend 500 parties rather than saying broke up 500 house parties. But, I mean, that's an astronomical number. Of that, that's people. insane. That's insane. And you, they're, they're not sending one police officer to those house parties. They're sending a few, you know, for obvious reasons. So I'm, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to crap on anyone giving the op- someone the opportunity to um, covertly tell you they're in trouble. And I always encourage people to do that. There's nothing else. Some, something better than nothing. But it's terrifying that I'm not I'm not an overly intelligent person. I'm not don't have access to any more resources than anyone else. But I can see that that people who are having barbecues on the beach or who are sunbathing in groups of five in parks or who don't care about going near the the elderly lady that's on the same side of the road as them, they, they just can't fathom that. It's just yeah, it's genuinely it's genuinely terrifying, you know. And yeah, well, that that scenario that you've just put out there about you know a group of people going to the park or having a barbecue or whatever and passing an elderly person that that interaction itself could literally kill that elderly person. Or, or, you know, and at the very least, um, put them in the fear of God for the next two weeks. Yeah, yeah. It's this whole pandemic seems like such a surreal thing to a lot of people that they can't really imagine. Uh, that sort of effect uh, sort of like in the heat at the moment um, which well, I, again I'm definitely not like empathising with these people but oh, no, you can, no, you, you know what? There, there are people I empathise with so you know yeah yeah it's just uh, I don't know like again a lot of people need I, I'm just sort of trying to address the importance of sort of realising the sort of the gravitas of the situation it's yeah it's I, I, I definitely empathise with people because I see dads having kick around with their kids when they shouldn't be. I empathise with it. And I, I had a genuine dilemma the other day where I saw a dad kicking a football with his kids while I was running past and I was like, oh, bless them. You know, that's really nice. Yeah. And um, I was jealous almost. Uh, and then all of a sudden I ran a bit further up and I saw a group of people sunbathing and they're almost blocking this lady's path. And I, I, I went to sort of go and have a chat with them and I thought, well, I can't tell them off. And not, you know, not have a chat with the dad with the kids down the road. I was in a dilemma there. Like, what's right here? But yeah. The dad with the kids, that could be their hours exercise. It could be, but it's... I'm um, in the same household. I'm, I don't understand those, those five 
people they could have been in the same household but I I see the run around with the football with the dad's kids as long as they're in the same household and they stay away from people it should be allowed so, so this is this is where it's tricky Ryan because obviously they haven't specified it Matt Hancock has not come out yet and gone you know thou shall not play football with their children <laughs> if dads are allowed to get away with kicking a football with their kids by the way I'm, t- I'm totally on board with that but you could say from the from another person's point of view if they're allowed to do that why can't I go and sunbathe and this is for me this is where the kind of problem starts then it becomes well why can't I go and see a mate and sit in his garden or her garden you know and talk to them through the window why can't I do this and this is where the problems start yeah I guess everyone has a different point of what they think is essential for me I think physical activity doing a bit of running like that could be their hour of that day I see is essential yes you need to be clever and be careful because if they do it then other people can do it and then it just puts everyone around together and most likely will spread the virus um but yeah it's it's how people take in what is essential sometimes yeah obviously a lot of people do go i really want i really want a tan i really want a tan it's lovely weather but you can get a tan the year after you can get it after this is all over but physical activity it it helps you back garden if you have one but you can like I don't know like if you had like a garden for example you could probably just like sunbathe there. But obviously it came to me that that's not everyone's situation as well. I say if Dan Dan wanted to do it he couldn't unless he just stuck his head out the window. <laughs> yeah, just get like a tanned head. <laughs> Even if I did that, I'd just get attacked by a load of seagulls anyway. So. Oh yeah, hungry seagulls are in Brighton. Do you think the seagulls yeah. we like went extinct? Yeah, how are they surviving? I don't know. <laughs> they do get fish from the sea. <laughs> like, <laughs> they always get white chips from around the piers. So right. yeah, they don't just live on chips with curry sauce, mate. When she's feeding the seagulls, she's always like, oh, they're like struggling out there. We need to like help them. And I'm like, they can, they can do they're, they're doing pretty fine without us like i love that we're, we're all like help the nhs workers and joe's mum's just like oh poor seagulls so better leave them a sandwich and there's gonna be a campaign every sunday at 10 o'clock the whole of the nation is gonna hold a bit of fish out their window <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean we should really talk about the nhs clap actually i'll be honest when i first heard it i just thought someone had dropped something somewhere and everyone's being sarky about it <laughs> I probably clap for like 10 seconds and generally not being rude at all but I then just stop because it's brilliant just to hear people yeah yeah. It's, I, yeah yeah it sounds really bad but I almost don't want to clap because I just want to hear the world sort of come alive again yeah just to take it all in yeah you know, like... it's it's so it's so eerie because your whole like, I'm very blessed I'm isolating with my wife when we moved my mum in. Um, but obviously, it, it all feels silent to a degree when you hear the same people every day. And you, just to hear, yeah, all that, it's absolutely humbling almost. It's just, it, it's just really lovely for once because there's been, been so many disagreements, particularly around like, things like Brexit and things like that. And we're rowing now about, you know, things like whether the government handled this right, you're not socially distancing. It's just really nice that for once, in the worst possible situation we've had in the last few years, or, you know, a number of years, we're literally just agreeing on one thing. Yeah. Yeah, completely agree. Yeah, it's good. Where I live is that we've all been doing it at 8pm on a Thursday, but there's a house, say, about five doors down, 
gets a speaker out and plays a different type of a uh, different song every Thursday at eight PM to clap to as well. Brilliant. Yeah. Oh, nice. So, I love when people get creative like that. I think I saw. It depends what it is, though. It's probably been pretty good. I mean, the first one was "Never Walk Alone," which is obviously you, you, that's a good classic one. The most recent one was the uh, strangest one, but it was still it was it was still quite nice and up tempo. But it was the Shakira song uh, "Waka Waka" from the. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it got everyone moving and dancing around at their doorstep so sensational yeah, yeah. <laughs> brilliant do you know what I, i'm just absolutely shocked they haven't rolled adele out yet put her on top of like a hospital just had a but get a rendition of someone like you or skyfall going <laughs> that, oh. that would have me in tears she should be doing the national anthem i can't think of anything worse no, that'd be brilliant, <laughs> right? that'd be brilliant. <laughs> You not like Adele, Dan? Uh, I don't know. I, th- I think she's the sort of person that, if I'm in the mood for it, it's okay. But I, I find her voice kind of annoying. I, I, you just got to appreciate her voice. Mate, Brits, I can't remember what year it was, but the Brits, was it 2007, someone like you? That would absolutely move me. If you heard the clap for like 10 minutes on the Thursday, then all of a sudden Adele was cracking one out. Wait, that came out wrong. But you know what I mean? She's singing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Adele cracking one out for the NHS. Adele goes cracking one out for the NHS. Uh, but yeah, no, that'd be brilliant. I'll just Liam Gallagher straight afterwards. Have you have you seen that video of um, the guy performing as Liam Gallagher on the roof of his house? Yeah. Yes. So good. All heroes wear capes. Have you seen the one with the dog looking shocked? And it goes, when the police asked, how many walks have you been on today? <laughs> <laughs> I think, oh, there's been so many jokes as well about um, Liverpool and the Premier League, which feels a bit sued. I have no idea what's going to happen with the Premier League. Um, I, I think, if, I think technically, I'm, I, I, I don't like Liverpool, but you got to, if the season ends now, you got to give it to them. They're so far in the if, if it was close, I'd maybe not. But they're so far in the lead, you have got to give them it. I, I mean, if they didn't give them it, I think Liverpool would be the only city who'd still be in isolation even after the lockdowns lifted. Yeah, it, like, I, I, I know. I don't. I don't want to feel bad for them, but I would if they if they didn't get it. I would feel bad for just the fans. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's just in the best. Oh, they've, had, they've had many kind of goals given their way or not or disallowed for them. They've had the refs call quite a lot, but yeah. <laughs> well, uh, do you know, I just think, I was literally saying, and I, oh God, I wish I hadn't said it now to my mate who's an absolute avid Liverpool fan. I just said, I have a feeling there's another twist in the tail yet. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, there's obviously no way I could have predicted this. People were joking about it before, like obviously the virus came to England, and and I was thinking, why are people joking about it? And then then suddenly, yeah, it's just hitting. You go, yeah, Premier League cancelled, all this, and you're like, shit, are they actually not going to win the Premier League? (laughs) That is absolutely because my mate, my mate, literally rang me up and he just went, "You're an arsehole." And I was like, "It is definitely not my fault. We're in a global." Obviously, I know it's affecting everyone in different ways, and there's absolutely horrific cases that can't go beyond <laughs> football. But after Gerard's slip, you just think it can't get any worse, surely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
wrong. I'm wrong. Yeah, definitely wrong. No, that that yeah, you have to say they're ridiculously unlucky if they don't get awarded it. But it I'm, will be. If we talk for the ages, and um, we can laugh about it at least. But do you know? What? I hope there is a day we could actually. I mean, laugh a little bit about it now, but I hope there's a day we can laugh about it and feel comfortable. But no, I agree with you, Ryan. They they definitely deserve it. Uh, I think yeah, you you can't you can't deny it, and yeah, it's you can laugh in the sense of the football matter, but not for what actually is going on in the world. So yeah, I mean, I suppose let's just be thankful we haven't got Donald Trump leading our charge. Oh yeah, oh the news today, absolutely ridiculous. What, what's he done now? You know, I've, I've literally seen a headline, so I don't know how true it is, but <laughs> from what I read, he's encouraging. His, I don't. I know that's kind of funny because it's like you you don't know what to believe, do you? Like, but from what I've read, he is encouraging his supporters to not follow the lockdown or something. He's encouraging his supporters to. Oh, oh, yeah, I read this. What was it? He was encouraging an anti-lockdown movement. Yeah. Well, there there is a place in America where they're actually not following. The guidelines. I can't remember where it is. I saw it on the news, news or a thing on Facebook. But there is a place in America, like Minnesota, weather that they're actually not following it at all, and they're like out in crowds, everything. And you just think, bloody hell, just new level stupidity. The bloody World Health Organization cutting the funding. I've never seen him look happier. Like even when he won the election years ago, he didn't look happier than that. <laughs> he was like waiting for this moment in my life. He was. He was del- I'm surprised when he announced it. He didn't just start fist pumping and go, "Oh, I don't care what happens this coronavirus now. I'm happy. I've cut the funding. It's just mad. It's it is mad, but it, I, I don't agree. You obviously you still give him the funding, whatever. But technically, something I still think should have done quicker. When the virus, yeah, I agree. China. And yeah, they are, and the World Health Organization, I still think, are sort of to blame for it. Obviously, Trump's well, they, ha- they haven't reported on it properly. Yeah, they they haven't, and but so I can see where he's coming from in that sense. But you don't stop the fucking funding because that's just stupid. Sorry, no, 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 Ryan. You honestly, my my honest opinion of it. Some yeah, something's gone wrong, and serious questions need to be asked. Mm. And you know, it, it, and Charles really said it could have been like Ebola again, like where it's serious, but it doesn't quite reach us to this level. Yeah, something happened where we one second we had seven people infected in Brighton. I went on holiday for two weeks, come back, and all the toilet roll's gone. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's got serious questions to answer here, but I think there's a there's a way of doing that while still being unified. You can challenge and debate without almost being a kid about it and go, nope, not playing with you anymore. It, rather than coming out and saying America is going to lead the charge on, you know, making the people accountable for this that have wronged us or whatever, he's literally just said, we're not going to deal with you anymore. And whether we agree with the World Health Organization or not, they're a massive organization that has a big part to play in the challenge, yeah. in the um, yeah. in the fight back on coronavirus. I think, yeah, and I think that's the thing, isn't it? We, you know, we can sit here and we can talk logically about everything, but we're talking about Donald Trump, and he's not got the best track record. Yeah, so. we're not. <laughs> what do people yeah. think about Boris? 
in this situation in all of this. Well, this this is interesting because I feel like politically, um, yeah, I I don't want to get too deep into this. I don't know. I think at the end of the day, he's a human being. I think he's probably done for the most part what anyone else would do. Maybe they could have done it quicker. Maybe they couldn't. That's the you know. I think it's it's very easy to sit back and be like, oh, they should have done this. They should have done that. When you know, it's not his sole decision to do those things like yeah there's a huge group of people that work together and decide these things yeah i think it's too early to tell how he's done actually because we don't have any data to say how for example china who's obviously miles ahead of us have done uh we haven't got any data to suggest how effective careers methods have been we're just hitting the peak is that right seems like it I think after. yeah, yeah, we we think we're hitting the peak. I think it's too early to tell how he's done, and I think any government around the world is going to get something wrong. You know, there's something going to, for example, sorry, Ryan, calling back to your situation, but obviously that is something that hasn't worked. No, I, I, I and I agree with you there. Um, it hasn't, but they're they're still paying eight up to eighty percent of people who. Off a furlough, which is which I still think is br- is brilliant. It's keeping people still still in it. It's still paying for their rent, paying for their mortgage, everything like that. Which I think was very impressive. Not other no other country's done that. What I believe isn't hasn't kind of committed to that much um, to give to you guys. But for me, no, it hasn't helped. Only thing that I'm very lucky with is Vicky's a teacher. She's still getting paid because she's still doing work from home. Okay. So, so we still got some sort of income we're very lucky but if if she wasn't working I'll say if it was a year in advance where my child's out but the child's vulnerable but Vicky can't work because she's looking after the child but then I might be bringing the virus in so then potentially we could have had no income coming in at all so that's what it is it's it's such a hard thing to get right I think and I think a lot of the arguments that have been brought up about what the government's done wrong like not having enough PPE yeah, like truth be told, we don't know what they expected the number that they required to be, and we don't know how that matches up with what we're actually using. Because I think like one of the early issues that came out was that they couldn't reuse PPE. Yeah. Um. So then it's no longer like, for example, if we needed ten million um, masks, for example, it's no longer, oh, we need 10 million and that will last X amount of time. It's like, oh, no, we need 20 million because we've got to reuse them. Oh, no, 30 million. You know, it's going up and up and up. And uh, we're importing our PPE, aren't we? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, so it's that's that's a, that's almost an error in itself. And then obviously you have to rely on the fact we were predicting a pandemic to happen. We're importing it when everyone around the world, everyone, wants more than one mask they want a gown and it's not isn't just health workers this is social care staff this is i I imagine the police force will be asking for ppe equipment um bus drivers uh supermarket workers uh delivery drivers uh pregnant people actually pregnant women i'm sure i'm sure there's an argument to be made there that they want ppe it's I, I just think it's too early at this stage to say that they've got it wrong entirely, but there will be things at the end that could have been done better, 100%. Me being a bit of a novice in these sort of situations, which I think there's a lot of people, I was working, it was getting busier uh, at my store, 
the toilet roll was going, everything was going. Literally, there's nothing on the shelves when before I stopped working. But from when it first came out, I'm thinking it's just the flu. It's just the flu. That's what they. Yeah, I think we all did. I think we all thought about like that. Oh, yeah. We'll get over it. But the one thing they just didn't realise is how easy it is to <laughs> pass it on to someone, and that it if someone gets normal flu. You're automatically just going to get your body's going to ache. You're going to have a temperature, and you have a bit of cold-like symptoms. This one, it could be like all four of us. If we all got it, we could have completely different symptoms. That's the scary thing. Yeah. So no one knows if they actually have got it or not. What? And I, I remember when you were here, Ryan. Yeah. Um, and I, I remember saying to you, like, you know, oh, I, I know it's impacted China badly, but. You know, if if you look at all the countries it's affecting at the moment, they have very different lifestyles. They have very different diets. So chances are it's probably not going to impact us that much. And, you know, now I think about that, that was such a stupid thing to say. But at the same time, I was comparing it to, like, other pandemics. Or, yeah, Daniel, yeah, again, it was stupid for us to really go over jewels, if you think about it. We shouldn't yeah. over jewels in the hindsight. Obviously, we didn't know what was going on, but we should. I definitely shouldn't have done. When, Don't forget, when, technically, the first hotspot in the UK was Brighton. Technically. Yeah. And we didn't have an outbreak as such. You, you know, it didn't, I think, what was it, 14 they recorded? And then all of a sudden we didn't hear any more about Brighton. Yeah, and I think they contained it pretty well, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. Pretty well. And Brighton, from my understanding, has got one of the lowest numbers, like in the South. I might be wrong now, but that was the last I heard it. See, the. The thing I thought was wrong with that situation, though, is the way that, obviously, the doctor's surgery, that was my old family doctor's surgery, and I think it was the doctor that was diagnosed with it. I have been treated by her before. Um, I think a really lovely lady, and they, they plastered her face and her husband's face all over the news. And they were like, you know, the super spreader and all of this sort of stuff. And it's it's like... We, it made it seem like it was almost their fault. Yeah. It's like, why, why should that be publicised? As long as they're following the guidelines and they're isolating. Obviously, the situation has changed a lot now, but, you know, putting someone's picture in the newspaper that, you know, I I saw this picture and it was clearly just like grabbed off Facebook or something. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not that person's fault. They just went on holiday. Um, <laughs> but I suppose, like, because Ryan just said earlier, like, maybe we shouldn't have gone round to your house, Dan. But yeah. you know, at the time, it was probably absolutely fine. And this is kind of the tricky thing with the virus. Yeah. The way it got into the UK was precisely how I just said it. It came into the UK. Yeah. Someone who's travelled very far brought it back accidentally, of course. It, well, yeah, and there was only like fourteen people affected by that. There's probably just over fourteen people that live on my road. You know, and so at the time. You probably could go around people's houses, and that would have been absolutely fine. Probably now, you could probably we could probably go around each other's house. Not that I'm recommending that, but we could probably go around oh, yeah. houses now. I think it's just the thing that we do not know, and presumably we know about as much as is it Sir Patrick Valance's name. Sir Patrick Valance has told us that's how much the government knows, really, because we're still learning about it. Yeah, and I think in that situation, you've got to kind of say to yourself, right. Do, does Cheltenham need to happen when we've got a virus that we haven't a Scooby, you know, is is rampant right now? And it is, the word is rampant because we've not seen anything on this scale for well, since 1918 in this country. 
what the government got wrong. He said, there's something you don't know. Just play it safe. I can live without Cheltenham and football for, you know, a couple of weeks or, you know, however long. That's just, that's it, just, that didn't make sense. It, but it's the demand of the of the people, like Jay. Yeah, you can live without it, but there's a lot of people. And I think, like, everyone should be feeling that way. But there is a lot of people who will go, no, you can't get rid of football. You can't get rid of Cheltenham. And there are people out like that. Well, Obviously, they agree that it should be gone now, but at that time, there was going to be a majority of people saying, why the hell are you getting rid of it? Well, I suppose there's a, there's a difference between saying we're cancelling Cheltenham to we are delaying Cheltenham for a yeah. couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there are quite a few albums that have been postponed, but a new date... See, I think that's stupid, though, because it's like people people want content, like... You know, there's been a few albums released in the last couple of weeks, and it's like that's getting me through my day. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, I think with um, uh, those artists who aren't releasing albums, though, it's um, mostly to do with uh, a follow-up tour that they uh, won't be able to uh, sort of like put into practice at this time, or just like a matter of like releasing an album at like the right time where people can like go out and enjoy it. So for the bands who are saying we don't want to let people down and people who are having a go at the stereophonics, like that event shouldn't have happened. But I don't blame the stereophonics because if no one's telling them how serious the situation could get, they're going to go with their own priorities because you don't know the others. I can't remember who I was talking to about it, but we were discussing, you know, the fact that the stereophonics hadn't cancelled their concerts. Yeah. You're assuming that you know, stereophonics are in charge of that. Whereas realistically, it's probably their label that make that decision. Uh, but the media, and certainly from what I've heard on the British news and, the, and when they were discussing it, it was aimed at the stereophonics. You're right. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. yeah. And that's just the media though, isn't it? Well, of course it is. But then but then that, that obviously um, steers public opinion, doesn't it? Lewis Capaldi, I think, was performing uh, like a couple of days before lockdown as well. Because one of my workmates went to it at Wembley. Oh, really? Yeah. So stereophonics weren't the only ones. See, this is probably where I'm going to sound a bit too communist here. But I think at that stage, I don't know. I, I think you help people out and just make the decision for them and just say, this is where I think the government probably should take more responsibility here. It's just ring up the labels or whoever, whoever, whoever needs to ring up who, but just go, this shouldn't be happening. Well, correct, correct me if I'm wrong as well. Wasn't initially the advice to the pubs and everything? It was like everyone avoid going to the pub. Everyone avoid doing this. And then because they realised people were still going, it got to a point where they're like, "Oh, shut them down! This, like they they yeah. can't operate anymore." This, if you yeah, and then you've you've got. I remember there was Boris Johnson's father was on this morning or something, and he was like, he was like, "Oh yeah, I'll still go to the pub." <laughs> It's like, <laughs> what example are you setting? But, but, that's, but that's the issue. You don't just say you're not going to the pub. Like my wife's been telling me not to go to the pub for years. I still go. It's taken a lot now for me to finally listen to my wife. But that's the thing. As soon as Boris went, for example, oh, this is my favourite one. Uh, yes, pubs were now shut as of uh, t- 10 o'clock tonight or whatever the announcement was. He announced that. Everyone get down, get a shot. <laughs> yeah, people were like, loads of people were lashed, weren't they? Yeah, he announced it at four o'clock. <laughs> Honestly, I, I could just feel my entire office at that point just going, pub, pub, pub. 
absolutely crazy. And um, I reckon that's why you announced the lockdown at half eight at night, because people would probably be just be too drunk from home drinking to like sort of do anything else. Quite simply, we sometimes need to be told what to do, because if you're saying there's a virus, we don't need to panic. We just need to wash our hands and not go to the pub that much. Right. And then you're hearing from other countries that they're going into lockdown. They're not going to pubs or bars. For a lot of people, they're just going to go, well, I'm going to go get hammered now before I get locked down and I start getting hammered at home. I'm a little bit split as well in terms of like our daily exercise and all that sort of stuff. Like, I think that's really important, but there's a part of me and I don't know if I'm biased because I'm a lazy bastard and I've got a tummy developing. But I'm also thinking like, and also the the other thing I have to consider, you know, we talk about, you know, the fact that I'm very central and I'm right in the middle of town and everything. Any other situation, that is great. That's incredible. But I have to bear in mind every time I leave here to get a bit of exercise, to do this, to do that. You're like in danger. There's going to be a handful more of people than there is if, say, Ryan leaves his house yeah. or you leave your house. Yeah, I, I suppose there are more people out now. Yes, there, there are in some respects actually. Like, yeah, there are, there are probably more people out in less um, in out of central town than there is in central town. Yeah, um, and it, it's generally quite. Because particularly where I live, there's if you're on the main road, obviously you can see what's going on, but you don't want to go on the main road. You try and go into the side road. But then, no, yeah, I see. You want to try and go into the quieter part. Yeah, but then everyone's got the same idea, haven't they? You, you've got people coming around the corner or out of their drives. Of course they would. It's their home. You know, I don't blame them for that. But then you start all those. I, I, I only wear one headphone now when I go jogging, so I want to try and hear people sneaking up on me. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's stressful as anything going out. And people are, I'll put it politely, but people are taking the mickey with their exercise privileges. And please correct me if I'm wrong, but my understanding, it's an hour, is it an hour of exercise they've specified? I think, yeah, I, I think it is. But the, the problem with that is because that is a guideline, there's people that, you know, for want of better words, were sat on their ass before. They're like, oh, I need to get my hour of exercise every day now. Whereas before, they probably weren't even doing that. By the act of saying you can go and get an hour of exercise, made people want to exercise i bet if they hadn't even mentioned it if they just said you're banned from going here you're banned from going there the days where i don't go out i actually feel a bit more sort of like they they feel more fulfilling because i feel like i'm i'm doing my bit but yeah. a bit more those days i mean you two are better than me i'm just being lazy no <laughs> i am also anxious about going out but there's an element of it where i could go running but my first experience was i got up at um six in the morning and went straight out the door with the intent of going for a run. And as soon as I got down the bottom of my road, I saw at least seven people running. Quarter past six, if you will, on a Sunday morning. Mm. And there were people out running. So I decided to go for a walk so I could see what was going on around me. Yeah. And I went to go to a park that's near me that's quite big. And you could see, I must have counted quickly. Obviously, this isn't entirely accurate. But I must have counted at least 20-odd people out in the park, either walking their dog or just walking. So all of a sudden, my plans of getting up at like six o'clock, half five in the morning, I have been going to the gym and I would generally replace that with running and doing exercise outdoors, you know, where, you know, without taking the mickey. But in the end, I ended up going to the smallest park right near me and just doing laps of the park over and over again. (laughs) (laughs) Tragic. 
Like you've just gone insane. Yeah. Just <laughs> <laughs> the dog comes through the middle of the park, and I'm like, "What are you doing on my patch?" <laughs> I'm a bit like that. You know, Joe. To your point about staying indoors and feeling that's more, you know, if, if you can do that, that not have any negative impact on your own health, then yeah, I'm hundred percent with you. And I think if people can do that, and that's why I'm only going out once or twice a week. But there might be other people who, for whatever reason, maybe don't have. In my situation don't have like an xbox or a guitar that you can pick up or you know whatever they don't have anything in their flat they need to go out but we again don't have any way of measuring or you know um highlighting that most people probably know as much as i can keep myself busy um if you went back two years i hated being at home like i hated being inside i always had to be out and i had to be socializing i had to be busy i had to be doing something Mm. You know, there's a degree, maybe I'm biased because I've accepted that I don't have to be like that anymore. But for me, this situation has just been, it's pushed me in a direction where it's like, you know, obviously I'm still working. So my Monday to Friday, I'm consumed in that nine till 5.30. But there's also been this side of me that's like, do you know what? I I can keep myself busy. There's hobbies um, that I can explore that maybe I haven't before. And if you'd have said to me, you know, I, I didn't know this lockdown was going to happen. I've started reading. <laughs> and I know that sounds silly, but I haven't read a book for about 10 years. You know, I think for me, it kind of goes back to school. It doesn't seem cool to read, almost. And I obviously, when I was at school, I just really wanted to fit in all the time. I've, I've already read one book since lockdown, and I'm on the second. But before this, basically, my book vocabulary was Harry Potter. And that was when I was at school or whatever. And that was, they're like the only book series I've ever read. And, but I've got to create a new hobby and I'm actually quite enjoying it, to be fair. I feel kind of compelled to ask, Ryan, what are you reading at the moment? I'm reading the Jack Reacher books. Are you really? Yeah, by Lee Child. So my, my parents have always said you should read it. And I've, I've always been a bit like jail. I go, I go to the gym, I play sport. That was my hobby. But now, my hobby is gone and um but yeah they they lent me the books they had a few of them and i've already read the first one and now i'm reading the second one and i'm I'm really enjoying it they're easy books to read um good action and as long as you get yourself in the zone i've always preferred to watch films go on netflix watch tv shows watch movies but if you do actually i do see how when people they say they can get locked into a book and they can kind of feel like they're more in the book than they are when they're watching a film if you ever read Jack Reacher, they describe this as a fair-haired, six-foot-five, absolute tank of a guy, Jack Reacher. And who? <laughs> Tom, <yeah>. Cruise. <laughs> yeah. no, it's Tom Cruise. Five foot. It's a whole fucking foot. It's different. <laughs> and he's not cared. It's just like I know he's a good actor, and you can't do anything. You can't go against that. But surely there must have been someone better to at least look close. Ryan, what? I, I love Tom Cruise, yeah. like, but he's not a good actor. He is the same in everything. Well, it's like Nicolas Cage, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I've got to say, right, and particularly after hearing Ryan's story about his lockdown experience thus far, Sam Smith, as far as I'm concerned, I'd be quite happy if I never hear from him again. Yeah. Bloody video. It's only been a week. Oh, what I haven't you- actually seen the video. I've I've heard a little bit about it, but I've. I mean, I wouldn't recommend watching it. But it, it literally was a week. And again, sorry, Ryan. I appreciate I'm using subject matter here. 
That's fine. You and your wife are actually going through a situation that most people would go, that's really difficult. You know, yes, I know you've got a baby to look forward to, but it's a really difficult situation for, you know, for what you described. So yeah. if I'm not going to go into the whole millionaire thing or the fact that he lives in, you know, mansion or whatever, you know, because whatever. But it's just the fact that it had been a week. I've probably been on the toilet longer. Craig's <laughs> <laughs> like holding his head going, it's just so hard. Like, you know, just just be locked in. It's like, it's a week. <laughs> is he actually on his own or has he got people with him? No, whatever. So with his sister. Yeah. And pro- probably grounds surrounding his property that he can just wander in. Even even besides that, is, is, he's never played hook. Like, is he never bunked off school for, for like a week and just sat there and done nothing? To me, though, that that just literally signifies someone that clearly needs constant approval and acceptance from other people. Yeah, yeah. it's quite what you talking about, Sanctus Jake. Uh, yesterday, um, we had our twenty week scan and. Uh, so we found out the sex of the, the child and we're having a boy, which is really good. But um, but I wasn't allowed in because their partner's not allowed in for scans or anything like that because of the risk of spreading it. So I was stuck in the car waiting for an hour to make, hopefully, having having a healthy baby and whatnot. Yeah. Um, Sam Smith was on the radio on Heart. And I listened to him and obviously that they brought up the topic about his little meltdown and he and he tried to play it down like it wasn't really a meltdown it was but it was just more like it like realism hit you that you couldn't go out couldn't do whatever but he still just released an album and he's probably now going to make millions just sitting at home doing fuck all i i, I suppose that's the thing like and i mean this with respect to celebrities because i appreciate you know some of them have worked hard to be where they are yeah you know yeah, some of them you know do a lot of good or you know they bring a lot of joy to people's lives and fair enough you you earn what you earn i don't judge people for the money but literally if there's one person i could think of that isn't going to notice the year lockdown it is probably sam smith (laughs) (laughs) it will still be be a good singer at the end of it people will still want to buy his albums if you know what i mean like and just sit there really what what realism's here like there's just so much money i just don't know what to do with <laughs> oh, tripped over fifty pound note is just so bad. I've just heard a man say he couldn't be in for the scan of his baby boy. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. But if I, if you put that on Twitter, right? If you, if you put, did a video and tweeted that, I would generally look at that and be like, and I'm quite a cynical bastard. I'd look at that and go, that is tough. <laughs> like that is tough. I, I would not want to be Ryan right now. But just Sam Smith just saying, oh, it's just so hard. I've had to send the servants home on furlough. <laughs> <laughs> I, a meal for a whole week. I just don't know what they're doing. I needed that. Like- the, the thing is, is, it is very easy. And I, I completely agree with you. If you think about it, like Sam Smith, I'm not defending him because I think it's fucking ridiculous as well. But I'm trying to be like the sort of, you know, the good cop, bad cop. If it was like so- He's in a position where it's expected of him that he's constantly going to like post on Instagram. He's constantly going to post on Twitter. He's constantly going to post on this. I've already said to you, like, I don't think I'm in a position to be particularly upset at the moment. But there's been a few moments where I've just sat there and I've burst into tears and I've thought like I miss my mum and dad. I miss my friends. I miss doing this. I miss doing that. He there has had that situation, but because he's so used to like sharing everything and putting everything out, he has actually physically shared that in a way that, okay, you know, I, I've essentially done the same thing. 
the act of him being upset about the situation isn't what upsets me. It's you know, and it's not. It's not it, just because I think it's only been a week. I know other people are going to struggle. So the act of him being upset isn't what upsets me. What annoys me is that he sat there and thought, "I'm going to put this on Twitter, and people will care." When we're all literally in the same boat. Yeah, I mean, like everyone's in this. Isn't yeah, it? and this isn't like I've looked at him and gone, "You're really rich." You know, you don't deserve to be up. <laughs> but jokes aside, seriously, it's not the fact that he's well off. He's earned his money. He's a great singer. He's a great artist. I do not begrudge him that whatsoever. I think it's just when you've got people who are literally on the front line seeing people die in front of their eyes, or you've got people who aren't able to work and are trying to support their families, you just like to think that some celebrities would just be like, yeah, maybe I'll take a week off. And he's definitely not the worst, by the way. I think that has to go to Vanessa Hudgen. Uh, did anyone see that video? Uh, I haven't seen it, but is it anything to do with like five G towers no, no. and stuff? Because if it is, um... <laughs> it's more tragic than that. She goes on there. This is literally how she sounds. So, um, right. Uh, well, look, I like, I respect the virus, and it's like, right, right, coronavirus. Thank you. Uh, I respect the virus, but um, you know, people are going to die anyway. So, like, why are we in lockdown? And it's and it's like I've literally I watched it and I'm like, well, that career's over. Oh yeah, that brings me to another meme. Actually, have you seen the um, like the uh, the coffin dance? No. Where it's like four like people like carrying it and they're just like dancing and it's just like they always play it after like someone's says something like career finishing or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's tragic. Oh, that's tragic. Yeah. yeah, someone probably should have played that to Vanessa Hudgens. Who's the guy, um, Ant, Ant something, the guy, the survival guy? Ant, Ant Middleton. Yeah, Please tell it. me you saw his one. Uh, I don't think I did, oh. no. It was almost better than Vanessa, well, worse probably is the term, than Vanessa Hudgens. So I'm giving Sam Smith a pass here. <laughs> As I said, I begrudge people being upset, but Ant Middleton wasn't upset, no. He was really positive about it, which is a good thing, right? Except when he, yeah. don't worry about lockdown. You just need exercise and nutrition. I've been hugging and kissing. <laughs> <laughs> I've been hugging and kissing people all the time. And I've just got the image of his agent just like, they're just going, fuck, and no. <laughs> Come on, guys, let's work this virus yeah, out. Everyone's <laughs> Twitter ad, just don't do it. And he just carries on. And he's just like, yeah, everyone's just got to toughen up. We've got to have a positive attitude. If you get it, you get it. And it's just like, oh my god, he's actually serious. I'm not do not begrudge celebrities for being upset or like having a different view or whatever, really don't. But they've got millions of followers. You know, I've got five. And I don't even know them on Twitter. But even I wouldn't put that stuff out to those five followers. I wouldn't want the backlash. Yeah, exactly. You know, and just have millions of people just hear you go, oh, yeah, I'm just going to eat loads of protein and go for loads of walks, and I'm going to go through this virus, yeah. But it's just like, oh. <laughs> Trump looks competent compared to Ant Middleton right now. But, yeah, anyway, I uh, I suppose I should um, let you guys all know that I've probably, like, reached a curfew. Yeah, I'm... Thank you no very much. Guys, well. Thank you very much for your time. I'm going to go as well, guys. So thank you for that. Thank you for listening and all that. So it's good. Thank you. Yeah, thank, thanks for joining, guys. Really appreciate thank it. And, and, thank, and thank you, viewers, listeners, for 
taking <laughs> who are you talking to <laughs> there's no one there <laughs> so yeah guys that wraps up the first week of the isolation station podcast with dnj remember you can find us on the socials at the isolation st and thank you for joining thank you for making it this far i can't believe you're still here but thank you very much and see you next time dnj's isolation station Some stories to the nation